2: Hey everybody, before we get into today's pod, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here on Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you wanted to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&A's with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and e-learning course filled with tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll get you short show published to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher and other listening platforms. And the best part is that you can get this all for $15 a month. That's the same rate that any other hosting site would just charge you for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to your sports experience. Acceptance to the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply go to bwhustle.com/join. Check out the description box for this episode. Of Find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join it feels like
3: Miami, 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 Miami.
2: Welcome, welcome to the Miami Heat podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas, and with me today on a special Patreon grab Back show edition, we have our Heat Twitter president at the bottom of the screen, Alf.
1: What's up? Exciting. Drip drop uh, or something? I don't know. What to, I don't know what to say. I don't have. No, a today's phrase. not a
2: drip drop. That's a drip drop. Oh, is okay. you guys? Yeah, drip drop is you guys. We are. We are not a drip drop show. We are. Uh, we are a basketball professional show. Shout out to. I'm Jack. still drinking
1: though, so. There you
2: go. What are you, what are you drinking tonight, Alf?
1: I'm actually having spring vodka. There you go. Um, okay, so j- not, no dark winter today. No, I saved that for light skin opinions, which there's a whole lot behind that. I just want to get into it.
2: Which, by the way, check out Light Skin Opinions. That's Alf's other podcast, who he hosts with Parrish and Maddox. You can also have heard them on some occasional Hangover Times, which is our post game show, which Alf also hosts. So check out LSO; their YouTube channel is amazing. If you go to our YouTube channel, you can find it right there. There's a link there. Uh, and and we are welcoming in our friend of the show from Locked On Heat, David Ramil. Hey, how's it going? We're doing good, David. It's been a while since you've been on. I know we've been trying to get you on for a while, but our schedules have been tough. I know that sometimes we record too early or too late, uh, but you're here.
3: I am. Looking forward to it. Have never been on the the Twitch. What is this? I don't know. <laughs> this is
2: Twitch. Yeah, we're on Twitch. And I don't know what it before, is either.
1: yet, David, I have no idea.
2: It's profitable. That's all we know. It's been <laughs> it's been profitable. And if you're a podcast listener and you want to get in on this Twitch conversation, join us uh, live every podcast. You can follow us at Mia Heatbeat on Twitter, where we post how live we are uh, and and who's on for the show. Uh, and uh, we're on twitch.tv slash slash Mia Heatbeat every post game, pregame, and podcast. So a lot of content here. Uh, today's a special day, so we're gonna talk about kind of the heat and the Raptors and, and what happened with that game. Cause that was a really big win for, for Miami. But we're also going to do our Patreon grab back show, which is, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Miami Heapy where people, uh, can kind of claim some prizes if you want to contribute to us, uh, financially in, in any way you can support us cause we appreciate it and we love y'all. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to be taking some questions from our Patreon page. Uh, you guys are, you guys dictate the topics. You guys commented. We're going to do that. I do want to get into the game from last night, David, because, I think other than the Lakers game, this is their biggest win of the season. That buck game, um, everything has gone wrong since that win against the bucks. Nothing has really gone right for them until Jimmy Butler came back. And I thought that that game last night, they won. They looked good while winning. You can't say like the Laker game that like, Oh wow. The fourth quarter, they fell apart. They didn't look great. Oh, whatever. No AD, you know, you can, you can kind of reel off the excuses or as ESPN called them a depleted Laker team. Um, Toronto at full strength their guys played well uh, and Miami legit played great (laughs) on both ends and nothing felt unsustainable David like I thought that was their second best win of the season easily
3: it's kind of anticlimactic in a sense that they didn't have much of the hype about it. It might've been the kind of win that in seasons past, especially last season would have been sort of ho-hum, right? It's not knocking off a great opponent. The Raptors are solid, but clearly not in the top of the Eastern conference. It's not the same thing as facing a depleted Lakers team or any other kind of rival, so to speak. And, you know, Raptors matchups in general are kind of just sluggish, you know, you know going the mud kind of affairs, things of that sort. So it doesn't feel like, like a a big win, but it's all I think their most complete win and maybe not exciting, but maybe this is the version of the heat that they are this season, not necessarily as exciting as they have been in years past and just kind of trying to end their way towards some semblance of the team that went to the last year. But overall, I'd have to agree with you just watching that team play. I thought it was really great to see the kind of chemistry offensively that we hadn't seen for you know most of the season. Defensively, they played well. They got key stops and key moments. It seemed like they always had a knack, as cliché as it might sound, for for making the winning play. And shout out Eric Spolstra because they just every time the Toronto Raptors made a run or or found a way to you know inch their way back into the lead. Miami responded after they tied the game at 63 all in the third quarter. After they started off with a 10-0 run to kick off the third, Jimmy went on a 5-0 run of his own where he hit a three-pointer and hit two free throws. And then from that point forward, Miami was able to do just enough to outdistance Toronto despite the fact that Toronto, to their credit, kept coming back. They kept doing everything necessary to try and steal a win, but Miami was able to do enough because they were playing much more cohesively than they have for most of the
2: season. Alf, dudes that we've slandered. Like Kendrick Nunn and Andre Iguodala Played really well. Right? Like Jimmy hit some threes and shout out to Troppy Baby in the chat. Alex Salia, though, our professional screw up. Uh, he's saying that he's surprised that I'm not calling this unsustainable because of Jimmy and Andre threes. Glad you mentioned that. Because Alf Dog, I mean, we've been we've been killing Andre. We've been talking all sorts of shit about how bad the offense is when he plays. And uh, you know, I like what Bamani Jones says about players like that. Like, dude just keeps pulling them jacks, man. Like when you need it.
1: Well, I mean, I don't I don't feel like I don't think I've slandered Andre. Um, what I've said is they rely too heavily on Andre. Andre can give you this game every three or four games. Um, you, just, you just should be playing like 25, 30 minutes. Like he should not be your backup four. I don't think that's slander. I think Andre would agree. <laughs> I think Andre would be like, you guys are fucking killing me here. Shit's hard. Um, I mean they don't have more than one night off between games. Like I said, I was on the Dishes and Dimes uh, pregame show. And I said like he, in an ideal world, like he would play like every third day. <laughs> like, um, but, so you're going to get these performances out of him from time to time, but I don't care what anybody says. Nobody felt good. Anytime you release one of those threes. Um, like <laughs> I, I, I hold my breath every time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yes. Every single time. Um, but yeah, like he stepped up and then none, I mean, we got to stop. I mean, at some point, we we have to just sit here and admit that none has probably been their best offensive player for two weeks.
2: Yeah. No, I no, don't. No, I will not. That Jimmy and Bam. Jimmy. Has... Okay. I don't, I don't... Maybe. Maybe
1: not
3: best in terms of overall production, he's but maybe most important, maybe because his role. He's been
2: their third best player for the last two weeks. I driving the that. way I he has
3: over that stretch. It's like unlocked part of the offense that was missing. Yeah, yes. they still have their stretches where they struggle, but overall his ability to drive and kick and now that he's in, implementing some semblance of playmaking into his game. I mean, hell, he had seven assists yesterday. his shot wasn't falling. But he's still making plays for others. And I noted. One, will,
1: yeah. The last two games, that's 16 assists and oh, one I turnover, I believe. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal. Like I this mean, is not, not a version none. That yeah. known. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, we've
3: all talked about him being one dimensional limited. And of course it, it kind of played out that way when he wasn't getting any minutes in the bubble, but now you look at him and he's, you know, he's solid defensively. Even if the numbers don't exactly bear that at least he gives effort. And now that he's been able to make plays for others, if he can continue to kind of wedge that into his obvious scoring tendencies, that's a really solid player. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to do with them now. I mean, the questions always seem like when they come up now it's like what do we do do we you know trade sell while he's high or you know sell high and things of that sort it's like just appreciate the fact that he's playing well i don't know that's just my opinion i guess
1: i um i i don't you said he's been playing i i do agree that he's trying a lot harder on defense like that golden state game i saw him fight through more screens in a single game than i have in his entire career combined um not a good defender (laughs) he's still playing good defense but put but to you but to your point he's giving the effort where, I mean, at times, like he was a complete turnstile. Die on a screen, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I've never seen it. I've never seen somebody just wither on screens the way Kendrick Dunn will. Um, But he's been, he's been fighting through those. And I think it's because his minutes got taken. His, he was losing minutes to Gabe Vincent at one point this year. Um, Deservedly so. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think he saw what happened. And listen, nothing, you know, nothing is going to be given to an undrafted guy. Uh, you, yeah, you may have started the first half of the last season, but you've been—you play, played like dog shit since 2020 rolled over. And, okay. you know, now he has to earn his minutes back. And I think he's done a really good job. We have to give him his props.
2: I yeah, think no that's Bo. Oh, go, David. No, 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 no. Well, please, let me hear it. I, I think Spo kind of gave, we were always questioning like why he had such a long leash with, with Spo. Like he would play like really bad for a month and we're like, why has, why has he not lost his rotation spot yet? And finally, when he lost it, he lost it for a while and now he's come back and he's looked incredible. And I, sometimes guys need that, that kick in the ass. Um, And I think, you know, part of their success recently has been obviously Jimmy's come back. Since Jimmy's come back, they have the third best record in the damn league. They're nine and three, nine and five uh, since Jimmy's come back. So since January 30th against the Kings, their best record only behind Utah and and Phoenix. And two of those uh, losses they
1: should have won. I mean, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, like that Warriors loss, I I said it a bunch, like they were a quarter away from, you know, this feeling a lot different. They were half
1: a quarter away. They were six minutes away.
2: They were a couple Kent baysmore cuts away. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Like the like how Alf, do you remember how
1: bad we felt after that that game? I, I, I still feel bad after that game. I still don't feel great about this team. Like, and I know I am I'm 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 probably letting Ryan Cortez down, the minister of heat propaganda. It was- um
3: It was a West Coast road trip. You know, it was the fact that adding salt to the wound, we were all staying up to one o'clock in the morning and watch them shit the bed at the last minute. That was particularly frustrating. Like you're staying awake and you're hoping at least they're going to come away with a victory. And then they wind up just crapping all over themselves. And it's so it just adds extra levels of frustration to the whole thing.
1: David, I was so tired. He's disappointed at you. Who? Uh, Ryan Cortez is in chat. Say what's good. I'm still I listen, you let me on that pirate ship and I'll help you out with those uh with those doubters over there. But uh besides that, I'm still not super high on this team. I heard I, it they were, they were going back and forth with Whittingham today. I'm like, man, that's my wheelhouse. I've been battling yeah. Whittingham since about 2012 on Twitter. Let's go. I mean you you made a career out of bullying Whittingham, let's be honest. Yes, with his fucking spreadsheet. Um, I was the original nerd versus uh, (laughs) – I started (laughs) the whole nerd uh, NBA analyst. Uh, beef back in 2012 he literally I, me- I remember he made a spreadsheet of heat playoff odds at one point like he created that's where vibe. the spreadsheet
2: joke started
1: yeah that's when it started so i started that shit master tez or whatever his name is whoever that is i don't know do you know who that is david do you know who i that saw videos first time i've ever seen right I,
3: I have never seen him before i've seen the the twitter handle on occasion as a so-called nba expert but i guess we're all fit we all fit into that same category too and i'm sure he doesn't know who we are so i guess it's um, uh it,
2: Very, very, uh, very politically correct.
3: Cortez Cortez says says,
1: Whittingham was seven years old in 2012, (laughs) and you might have a point.
2: So, kind of speaking of spreadsheets. uh, So, since Jimmy's come back, so since January, I
3: knew you were going. This I'm in part of the same group chat as you are, so I I saw that you were already asking for this kind of offensive information. I was waiting for you to bring it up.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. And and that that's gonna be like the second prong of this, but their defense is top five. They're they're top their uh third in, in in wins and win percentage in that time, like I said, behind Utah and Phoenix. Uh they're second their fifth in defense, uh, and their offense has is up to twenty. Now they were bottom of the league before. So they've really they've really crept up and, and they've improved every game. And we're laughing, but that matters. Kendrick Nunn matters. Uh it's like they They've really they've really changed the calculus on themselves. They by the way they're they're one of the top 10 net rating teams since then so they're they're playing well. They're 10th in net rating. Uh they're outscoring opponents by 2.3 points per 100 possessions, which man, let me tell you, that shit feels good cuz they were they were getting their ass kicked by everybody, by every bad team, by every depleted team, like actual teams that were depleted Right, like the Clippers that like yeah. literally were starting their third stringers that nobody has ever heard of. Like they were getting their ass kicked by those teams, and they were they were depleted going up against Philly and you know the Nets with fucking Bam and a bunch of nobodies, right? A bunch of a bunch of two way players, which is you know it sucks because they played hard. But like really in the like, Coffee
3: in the Clippers? The, the, the coffee. coffee guy who, who had like a yeah who had a, a career high after leaving the Orlando bubbles hours earlier. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh. by the way, shout out to. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Tapioca
2: go ahead for the tier one sub and shout out to Curtis's hero for the gifted tier one sub. Shout out to reclops for the gift one sub. Uh, we appreciate that kind of support. No. So like I just wanted to talk like like since Jimmy's come back Alf, they've been fucking they've been a really
1: good basketball team. They've also played a lot of bad teams and I'm not trying to rape on the parade. Right. Well, come anyway. on, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's exactly what, what you're doing. To- I'm trying to be realistic. Like four in a row, three of those wins were against bad teams or de- depleted teams like the Lakers. Um, Fuck that. That Laker win was good. And that Raptors win, to me, the Raptors win is the best win of the season um, because it comes at a time where after a three-game winning streak, we all still had our doubts. And they went in against an Eastern Conference foe. They did what they had to do. And, and like it, it, it was super impactful in the standings. Like they went from like the seventh in one night, um, you know, because as other, te- you know other teams are losing. but that was one of the first times they went against a team and you they weren't supposed to win. I mean, it w- it could have been a good game and they just actually pulled it out. like it gives you a lot of confidence going. what what I will say is I'm not super high on them, but they are hitting the sh- their stride at the right time, going into this all- star break and with a chance to get healthy. If they, can, if they can maintain this and stay around a fifth or sixth seed going into the second half of the season with a healthy Goran Dragic, I mean, who wants to face the Heat? Nobody. 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 I don't believe that. I mean, shout out to my man Cortez. The Sixers are a bunch of frauds. I, don't believe, I don't believe in that team for a minute. Uh, the Nets scare me a little bit because uh, they've started to learn how to play a little bit of defense. But now, I mean.
2: Harden's not going to play in the playoffs. Don't worry. He sucks.
1: But i I ask for mil. Like, <laughs> are you afraid of? Are who in the East? If the Heat are healthy, who are you afraid of in the East?
3: If they stand pat and don't make any changes whatsoever, even a small change around the fringes, I, I'd say the Nets are the team that scares me the most. They've been my yeah. my my title favorites for the whole season, and I I feel pretty consistent about that. Even. Before they added Harden, I still looked at that collection of talent, and I thought, you know, they would find a way to pull it together. Adding Harden just changed the calculus completely, and now they look – well, they look unstoppable offensively and defensively they'll start to figure it out. So, yeah, that's my big concern. The Bucks, obviously not. The Sixers, I think Bam can limit even this version of Embiid that we're seeing this season. Simmons is a fraud. I, I mean, I, they're shooting – is legitimate but other than that i feel like i don't give a damn about ben simmons like everybody talks about him like a, he's like some mvp level player just because he's 610 or whatever the hell it's like he can't do anything if you can't shoot beyond five feet screw you. you're you not an nba player in my opinion uh you know shout out, shout out dwight howard too so come um,
1: in firing ramil yeah. i love it uh, spice uh, like, uh, the, check the, that out on locked on <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's I about do. it, right? And anybody Let me else go subscribe the- to Locked On real quick? I've been fucking sleeping.
2: Yeah, five, rate that shit five stars. I mean, I've already i am
1: already subscribed.
2: <laughs> David, I love that you didn't even mention the Celtics because I, I see them way at the bottom of the standings at night. Two all
1: stars, so
2: two all stars over there. I mean, let's not go into the all star
3: thing. I, no, uh, the Celtics. Fuck uh, out of here. No, they don't scare me either. Uh, I'm not concerned about the all star game either. I know, Alf, you had some tweets about that, but I am not. I, I, did, I don't. I, did. I, had, I was. I care. You seem upset about the whole thing, right? Like, what's, why? Oh, why no, you I don't, I really, like? I
1: don't care. I don't, <laughs> okay. I, I, I care, um, I, I, just, I care about the, like, someone like fucking Vooch and, uh, the, the Celtics. I, I, the Heat have been unfairly punished for their poor record. Yes. And then you look around the league I mean, you have – I mean, if, if the Heat getting – Bam is being punished this team's record. Why isn't Vooch being punished? Why isn't Jalen Brown, they, Jason
3: – they've gone through more of the Magic have. Like, they've lost significant number of players to season-ending
1: Like Season-ending, but I mean –
3: Many, uh, look, I love, I love Vooch. Look, I, I mean, i living in Gainesville and covering the Magic for as long as I did, and and covering the NBA from Orlando. Like Vucevich is a hell of a player. I've got a soft spot. Live for in him. Gainesville. Good. Like, yes. Why
1: would you live in Ga- uh, Gainesville? Gainesville
3: is fun. I would move there. No, I would move there in a heartbeat to, well, to move my, back to Gainesville. Like, people live there. Yeah, yeah. I'd lo- I'd prefer living in Gainesville than Miami. That's for sure.
1: I, th- I thought people just went there I'd, for college. I'd, I'd kick you, know, you
3: off
2: if you were my, if you weren't my guess. I just I fucking kick you off. I, you um, know I can have this.
3: I've had this discussion with Christian, and I just I don't get why people love Miami. Like to we, me, I just you
2: have had this discussion. You that's you, right. You're
3: right. You're right. You're right. You're the worst. I don't get it. You're the worst. Thank I
2: don't want to rehash old. I don't want to rehash old things. By yeah, the way, shout out to Kiamin and Alf for ten gifted subs between them. We love our community, and one of those gifted subs found their way to Dose Minutos. Uh, which, by the way, Alf, we have a little something with Dose Minutos of the Deuces Podcast Network planned for this weekend. Do you want to loop people in on what's going on with that?
1: Yes, and we'll be promoting it all day tomorrow. We are doing, uh, we're joining up with Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies of West Palm Beach or Palm Beach County. Um, they are they are an amazing organization. Go on their website, Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. They provide a lot of like free prenatal care Um formula you know uh, doctors appointments like they just they help a lot of uh, uh lower income families and lower income mothers make uh, guide help them help guide their way through the through pregnancy and the time and the days after the months after pregnancy like they're just a support group totally free for these women um if you know anything about infant mortality rates in the uh, in, in the black and brown and lower income communities, like a huge, huge problem for as developed as America is like, it's actually, it's a one of the biggest shames of this country. And healthy mothers, healthy babies actually addresses that at a community level. I've been in their offices like I've seen what they do. It's amazing. So tomorrow on hangover time. We are doing the drip drop drinking game, and that's the day, that's when the community comes out, shows out. We get the most subs on those nights. We are donating 100% of every dollar we make tomorrow night to Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies, because they're doing a basket for babies challenge in the month of March. Uh, Dos Minutos. If you guys know him from Twitter, he's hilarious. He's going to actually be on and most be on the be on the show. And most people don't know what he looks like, so you're going to be able to see what Dos Minutos actually looks like. He's going to explain. He's he works with Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. He's on the board of directors. He's in charge of this whole basket for babies thing. And we're going to explain to you the program. It's kind of a crowdfunding thing. We're going to get Twitter involved. We're going to get. Uh, I mean, Heatbeat. And all the fans of Heat Beat Hangover Time, the Weird Al pregame show, we're all going to get involved and we're donating everything that we make tomorrow to healthy mothers, healthy babies. So Twisted Tabioca, put your credit card away for the night. Bring it back tomorrow night. We are going. <laughs> we are going to try to raise as much money as humanly possible. They've already raised thirty thousand dollars. So do, shout out to Dos Menudos for this. Like, this is amazing, and He's we're we're going guy. to do our little part in our little corner of Heat Twitter, Miami Heat beat. Is, you know, whenever we've asked you guys to show up and show out, you have. When it's, for Nikias Duncan for our friend Oscar. You know, when when they had tragedies with their houses burning down, like, you guys have always shown up. We're just asking you guys to once again show up and help out a really, really great cause. You guys donated, like, a $1,000 to my mother's charity one time because it was her birthday. Like, you guys are amazing. <laughs> and, and those was one of the people that donated the most. So, please, check us out tomorrow after the game. We're going to have a great time. We're doing Shots for Subs. And basically we're, we're helping out a great cause tomorrow night. So Tune in.
3: If, if I can echo second. in there, I just want to say what a, what a fantastic cause it is, because just as a father of a toddler, not having that kind of support group and knowing the challenges of trying to raise a child, I mean, as a single parent or even even in a two income household, like it's just it's so difficult. You're just trying to navigate all the different things that come with childhood and parenting from learning sleep schedules and, you know, trying to keep them safe from the world around them. I mean, that there's a resource for people like this. is such a it's a, a great thing. It's heartwarming. So Absolutely. I echo Alf's words. Donate if you possibly can.
2: We're really excited, and like thank I you, Dose. is it's gonna really be really
1: it's exciting. gonna be a lot of fun tomorrow. I'm gonna be super drunk helping a charity. It's actually kind of like my dream. <laughs> That's the so. best. That's
2: the best. Let's let's help people <laughs> and get fucked up. What a great cause. Okay, so pivoting back to the Heat, uh, let's. I want to I want to get to some stuff about their offense really quick, and then I'm gonna pivot to our Patreon questions uh, for the rest of the show. So. David, I want to pose this question to you. And this has kind of been the one metric I've been looking at uh, since basically their season has gone sideways. Like officially, like when they're losing all these games and they drop a million games under 500. And I'm like, how how the fuck can the heat fix this? Like, what can they do? What trends can I look at that make me feel better when they're whole? Because they haven't been whole. And one of the biggest caveats is, well, when they're healthy, what are they going to look like? Because before it looked kind of suspect, but they were dealing with knack injuries. Jimmy had a, had a fucked up ankle and, and, and everything. The Heat, when Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic sit, when they don't play, well, that means when their two primary scorers slash ball handlers are not on the court, they're getting outscored by 13 points per 100 possessions and the offense is in a, at a 100 offensive rating, which is just abysmal. Uh, when Jimmy's on, Goran off, their offense is good and they're outscoring opponents by five. When Goran's on, Jimmy off, their offense is elite uh, and they're outscoring opponents by two. So David, I ask you, Now that Goran's back and we saw they have that second ball handler, that second playmaker, and when Jimmy rests, they have another guy on the court that can run offense and get them into sets. I look at this and I say, I don't know if the Heat are going to get to the 10th best offense or the 7th like they were last season, but I certainly think that this bodes well for them, that they can get up to league average at minimum if they're healthy. Yeah. I mean, I I
3: don't know if there's a question in there, but I mean, I'm looking at that. Do do I agree? Yeah, I think so. I I look at, Look, I, I thought that's that's been the problem all along is that you were missing the guy who was our leading scorer for most of the playoffs. Like everybody seems to forget how potent Goran can be when he's engaged and healthy and everything else. And I know that's been difficult because those moments have been very few and far between since the bubble. But hey, I mean, he's a really solid player. Like, even in the minutes that he got yesterday, his first back, his first game back after missing, you know, was it three weeks, nine games in total that he's missed? He looked really good. And I know he thought. Wasn't falling, but I I went back and looked at all of those shots that he took. For the most part, he was just looking to get everybody going. He had a really good uh, flow to his offense in general. I I thought he looked really comfortable shooting from the perimeter. I just, I think he's a really good player. I I don't think there's any way of saying it otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, and and so when you're missing a player like that, of course it's going to boost your offense. Like, right? I mean, I I don't know. Maybe this is overly
2: simplified. My thing was you have... You know their offense was legit. David, bottom of the league. They were the they were like at the time the worst offense in the sport. When you have Jimmy, Bam, and Duncan and Dragic. and I, I, I'm like, how is this possible? And part of that has been health, and part of that has been bad shooting, but part of that has been they don't have other ball handlers, and their two main ball handlers have never been healthy at the same damn time.
1: Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean that's. We, sorry. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this and part of the problem is that you rely so heavily on a Goran which is is why I'm not so I'm not super high on the team this year, because I just don't see him being healthy enough for long enough for it to make a big enough of a difference. Now, this reemergence of Kendrick Nunn, uh, if you hope that he can sustain it, if he can, that kind of mitigates some of the problems that you have uh, when Goron isn't around. But if Kendrick Nunn reverts to his old self, and you're relying on Goran Dragic to be healthy, this, you know, it's, it's 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 scary hours for this team, right? Like this is just it's it's not a recipe for success. Um, can Avery but, Bradley chip in there?
3: I mean, once he eventually comes not. back,
1: offensive. I mean, offensively, can he? He can look. I he mean, was playing alongside
3: was. LeBron last year, but I mean, he wasn't exactly expected to bring the ball up or initiate offense. But I mean, he's a he's a competent ball handler. Maybe he's not one that you want to rely on too heavily. But is he an upgrade over Gabe? Is he at the Absolutely. same? Yeah, he at the same level as a Kendrick Nunn, perhaps, and and helping be another very uh, ball handler. I think a contributing factor, if nothing else.
1: So well, I, my favorite thing when when I'm sorry when Jimmy was no. out. Um, when Jimmy missed time, Avery Bradley uh, in the starting lineup was, was to me was the answer Um, because he just gave you another defense. He gave you another defender on the perimeter and he was competent bringing up the ball. And it really, really helped Tyler hero out. But as soon as they started getting that flow, Avery Bradley went out and then they were without both of those guys and Jimmy came back. So it was just, it's, it's been a mess. Like we don't know. I mean, to your point, David, like we don't even know what they look like with a healthy Avery Bradley. We have no, like we just don't know because they haven't had all these guys at the same time.
2: Goran, by the way, playing a career low minutes as a starter, as well as Jimmy. So, I mean, I think that they're doing a good job of managing their minutes, and while they depend on them a lot for production, I'm glad that they're not like playing them into the ground. Other thing I really wanted to mention, which I thought was interesting, was the Heat's half court offense isn't as bad as I thought it'd be. They're 17th in the league in half court offense. They're at 96 points per play. Uh, it's a fancy way. I, it's, it's it's it doesn't sound very good. You'd think, oh, 96, not very good. Uh, 17th in the league. So half court offense tends to not be the best. Uh, the Lakers, for example, are much worse than them. They're 28th in the league. Uh, and there's a lot of other teams like you know that that are that are good offensive teams that have bad, uh, kind of half court offenses. So the Heat half court offense has improved since Jimmy's come back. They've gone from. 27th uh their 20th to 17th so that's been really positive for them and i think that's one of the trends that we got to watch so like there's a couple things i like kind of monitoring i think monitoring kind of those dragits without jimmy minutes is one of the things to monitor how are the heat winning those minutes because they win all the jimmy minutes the other thing and i tweeted this earlier which i thought alpha was a really funny stat uh when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are on the court together, the Lakers are plus 14 net rating in uh, 517 minutes. That is dominant. Those are the, That is the two best, like that's the best tandem in the NBA, and they are absolutely crushing teams for a team that was second in, in the conference overall. Jimmy and Kelly Olenek, it's the same net rating in almost the same amount of minutes.
1: <laughs> that's funny, dude. Um, Can we talk about the fact that no matter how badly poorly he's playing the heat are consistently better when Kelly Olynyk's on the floor. I think it has to do
2: with just a stretch big aspect of it.
1: I, I But I swear, like Ramil, you see it on the timeline all the time. Like people are bagging on Kelly and don't get me wrong. I am one of them because a seven footer like himself should be able to rebound decently. Um, But the Heat are just better when he's playing. I mean, whether he's hitting the shot or not.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just part of who Kelly is. Like, he's a skill big, to, to Yanni's point. I mean, he's a stretch big who can handle the ball and make plays for others. It just kind of unlocks an aspect of your offense that you you don't have if you put in a precious or, I mean, there aren't any other options. And Mo Harkless certainly isn't going to fit the bill. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's as bad defensively as everybody wants to make it out to be. I know it sounds kind of reductive, but I feel like you're looking at a seven-foot tall guy that's white with long hair and a 1990 he's air T and you kind of dismiss him as an NBA ball player when in fact he over- I mean, it, that's the
1: case right I mean, he I looks mean, I like think- an extra from clerks
3: right yeah like- yeah 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 he's part of the USQ averse you know shout out Keith Smith uh and so or Kevin Smith sorry not Keith Smith um so it's uh, anyway it's just like he's a he's a really good player in my opinion. I know he struggles and I know the inconsistency issues with him are going to be something that dog him throughout his career cuz he just has those stretches where he's, you know, incredible from the perimeter and he seems like he's a much better scorer and then all of a sudden he just tapers off completely. But I don't think his skill set is ever so bad where he can't contribute positively and I mean the numbers bear it out if nothing else, right? Maybe it doesn't tell the full story, but he's a good player and he plays well and he helps Miami's offense.
1: I think what I people- will what I will say is bo- both him and Duncan have done some some things in the last few weeks where they're not just sitting around the perimeter. Yes. They're cutting. Yes. Um, they're getting into the paint. And Kel- both Kelly and Duncan are I mean, they went one game where they were 11 for 11 in the paint. The two of them. Um, right. like Those are the kind of things they can do to help the team, especially Kelly is such a big as such a big guy who's such a perimeter threat. I mean, they're playing him close. If he can cut to the basket a little bit more, fake some, uh, you know, you know, fake the pick and roll to the basket, like he can get easy, easy shots around the rim. I think someone said he's shooting like eighty-four percent around the basket. He's got yeah,
3: touch. Yeah. He's got good touch around the room. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, a, you know, because obviously he was a guard growing up and then he just had that growth spurt and it kind of made him into a big unexpectedly. But so now that's why he's such a good passer and ball handler. Yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, I, I think that's a great point. And, and I saw that yesterday and kind of, piggybacking onto our point about Kendrick Nunn is that he had that play there where he found Kelly at the rim because he let the play kind of develop and so now all of a sudden if you're seeing more off-ball movement from guys like Duncan and Kelly and then you've got this playmaking aspect of Kendrick Nunn that's suddenly unlocked, all of a sudden you've got the potential for a really potent offense. If, if the shooting can he, find a way to level off to normalcy, I, I think you're you're going
1: to see a much better offense in the next few weeks. Been, people- Kend- Kendrick has been so patient and it's been I'm all sorry, right. go ahead. No, no, no! Go. He's been I, I keep, so go. Right. patient. It's, 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 it's because he used to. And Tiffany she used to always say it on a podium show, "He's pressing. He's pressing. He's pressing." he's the game has slowed down for him in a way where yes. you, he sees these passing lanes. He sees the driving lanes. It seems like he's seeing everything a lot more clearly. I don't know if there was, there was remnants of COVID that were holding him back. Yeah, or- I've,
3: I've made that point too. Like, right. I mean, it, like, I always dismiss the COVID talk because it just, it felt like it fit too neatly after he was playing so badly in February before he contracted COVID. It's just like, he was not a good player at the point then all of a sudden, Oh, he's struggling to get back into form. It's like, no, it's form before suck too. It wasn't anything related to COVID. Thank you. But, but now I'm starting to say, maybe that was just the, you know, maybe it was something impacting. Like we're seeing what's happening when Boston with Tatum and other players where they're struggling to get their conditioning back. And maybe it did impact. Maybe the confidence that we all expect from Kendrick Nunn, maybe it took a hit because he just wasn't able to do the same things physically that he had been at the start of last year where nobody was expecting to. And look, He had to make an adjustment, too. I mean, nobody had him in the scouting books. Nobody really knew what to expect from him. And then they start being able to lock him in there. And at the same time, then he gets COVID. It was just a recipe for disaster. And shout out to him for finding a way to figure it out.
2: I think the biggest thing that he contributes to them is he has a legitimate floater in the lane. That I mean, especially before Goran came back, nobody has that. And a lot of times when their plays break down and when teams do that little switchy thing off their handoff. And by the way, somebody in chat asked, did the Heat lead the league in handoffs? The Heat lead the league in handoffs by almost like. 80 possessions the next place is detroit so miami leads the league with 337 possessions uh, and their points per possession on it hasn't been very good so like when teams are switching that little action and that's a lot of miami's pet plays kind of come from that or their or their pistol stuff or their horn stuff for that split action that they run for duncan you know they need a guy to get downhill to put pressure on the drop man and kendrick you know will always play with a cushion because teams defend him to give him the pull-up jumper he's quick to get it, and he could do it. He could pull up. He's almost, you know, not to compare him to Russell Westbrook, but he always has a pull-up jumper like Russell Westbrook has it because he's quick, because he's he's good at getting into it, and he has a quick trigger. He has issues, I think, getting to the rim. And, yeah, and and he's a, I mean, I think he's a, Good to, I think he's an average to good spot up shooter. I don't think you can ever, I mean, he had that one stretch where he was like shooting 40% last season, but that really tailed off and he shot 35%, which honestly, if he's going to give you 35, 36, 37%, I think that you take that and that's awesome. And he does, like, I feel like it's a lot of bailout plays. Like they're late in the shot clock and he's bailing them out because he's a legitimate offensive threat off the dribble because he can hit that floater. He's a good finisher. He has that mean left-hand dunk uh, when he gets to the rim
1: I love that um wh- I, what i've been i've been saying it a lot that the heats offense a lot of times a lot of smoke and mirrors <laughs> because they don't have it's guys funhouse yeah exactly just double handoff cuts i mean every stuff in a phone booth and then spread out and hopefully somebody breaks free uh when that shit doesn't work uh the heat's deep, offense looks really bad um, one of the guys, th- there's three guys on this team that can make something out of nothing when that happened Four guys, actually. It's Tyler, Kendrick, um, Jimmy, and Goron. goron has been out. Tyler's heard. Kendrick looked like a shell of himself up until two weeks ago. So it was like all on Jimmy. And that's why the offense would just go through these lulls like where they were scoring 40 points in the second half or, you know, 19 points or 17 points in a quarter because if it just wasn't working, like they didn't have anything else to go to. What you're seeing in the last few games, the last couple of weeks, Kendrick, like you said, when all that stuff breaks down, it's eight seconds left in the shot clock, Kendrick can break beat somebody off the dribble and shoot that floater in the lane, shoot a mid-range, catch the ball at the three-point line, hoist it up, and, you know, you're, you have you have a pretty good feeling about it going in. It's not an Andre Iguodala and shot clock three-pointer where we're all like, holy shit, what is going on? So, yeah, I think he does provide a lot of, you know, I always call him, I, I don't I feel like John Crotty here. It's what I call I always call him relief points, like just like, holy shit. Relief that, situations. Yeah, like relief situations. <laughs>
3: Like butter situations,
1: butter situation. Because Bosch used, remember how Bosch used to do that for us so much? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: When when Dwayne would get stuck up in the air and he didn't know who to pass it to, there was a wide open Chris who would say, "No, don't
2: worry, but I got this.
1: I got this. I'm going to save your ass at the end of the shot clock." All right. Um, and Kendrick's providing a little bit of that uh, this year.
2: Totally. And I think I think ideally you want that to be Bam. And I think that's why you you kind of like that he has a jumper in his bag now. He has that one little dribble pull up. It's tapered off though. He doesn't take it as much. I think that's a part of it. I do think that that's been good because he's been trying to go to the rim more and that has been a sight to see. I mean, yesterday in short roll situations, I think that's been one of the biggest adjustments. It's that Duncan is really reading that double quicker and he's slipping him that pass. And I think part of that's, on Bam, that Bam is slipping quicker. He's kind of understanding. Okay, they're gonna double, and it, it took him long enough. But they're they're here, and when he's doing that, when it's Bam, and then the help is coming. A, he picks that shit apart. I mean, he's throwing it to that corner man, and, and they're they're flying. Or I mean, he's eurostep. Oh, you saw that? he eurostepped the dude and had like a fancy like reverse finish. I was like, damn, he's yeah. getting dunks. He's living in the paint, and that's what you love. That's that's gonna change their offense.
1: He's been feeding off of Kendrick's actions, like he has been the, the Kendrick Bam connection. Uh, oh, those been, lobs
2: are nice, that's another thing he's good at. He's good that, at floaters. That, that didn't lobs. exist
1: last year. No, I'm sorry. I, I saw Will Manso get into it with uh Danny Martinez <laughs> on the timeline. Shout out to both of them, I love them. Uh, Manso is going to be on with us next week on Hangover Time. Um, man on earth. but. Yeah, the best. Ramil, I don't know if you saw it, but they were getting into it because Mansell was saying that you know uh, Kendricks become a better passer. What we're saying right now, and Martinez hit him with all the stats. It was like nerd versus eye test, like Armageddon on the timeline. It was hilarious. I didn't um, but- see that.
3: I didn't see that. That sounds pretty funny though. But it- can I, it- I well, I had a question though about Gorn. If I can interject, sorry. Like, go ahead. Is yeah. Is yeah, yeah. his his that flip shot he was taking yesterday, he took it like on a number of occasions. Has he tweaked his form or something like that? Or is he just changing? Like he, he's always had a floater, but now he's got this like weird little flip shot that to me just hasn't looked normal. And, and maybe it was just because I was rewatching it without the context of watching the game as it's happening. But does it seem odd to you? Or has is, is that just been always part of his arsenal? I've just never noticed it before, which is entirely I,
2: possible. I think you haven't noticed, but also like when, when guys forms look weird coming off of injury, I think that's their legs. Aren't, like under them yet, and they sometimes they do different things when they're not getting the lift that they're used to and and stuff like that. So I, I think it's something to the monitor for sure. I didn't notice it in particular. But, okay, uh, we keep keep on the lookout for that. I don't. And <laughs> do you want to pivot. Things to our Patreon questions because uh, we have a big support group over there and by the way patreon.com slash Miami Heatbeat we do a lot of things we do watch parties with our patrons we're planning well, I'm going to plan one for next week again uh, they're a lot of fun we had just hang out in, in our discord chat and, and we talk and we watch basketball it's great uh, we have uh, we're trying to schedule our $50 <laughs> patrons to appear on hangover time and the Heatbeat pregame show we have we're waiting on a couple of responses for that and also another one of our tiers is our newsletter which uh, it's going out on on uh, Monday so be on the lookout for that if you're a
1: part of the newsletter tier and the there will be, is, uh... there's going to be some new content from Hangover Time. Uh, we in, in the uh, in the MHB chat, we like to call Hangover Time hot. hot. Uh, we're going to start posting too hot for hot. Uh, where the 10 minutes of uh, botry that usually happens after Hangover Time is going to be posted to the Patreon site, so you guys will be getting extra Hangover Time content. Most of it is uh wildly inappropriate and it should not be broadcasted so it will be for Patreons only and uh that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh we've always said some of the best stuff that happens on Hangover Time happens after the broadcast is over. So we will be recording that now uh to the chagrin of one Tiffany Meeks and we will be if for we will be providing that to patrons and patrons only.
2: So Today, what we're going to do is we're going to read some of the questions on our Patreon grab bag. Uh, So you guys pick the topics and we talk about them. Uh, I I didn't expect the Heat to be on a four-game winning streak today, so we we took a bit of the show on the front end. But I do want to get to these questions because they're really good and and we want to support our patrons. So first one comes from Curtis Hero. You can see him in chat all the time. He's always supporting. Uh, Jimmy Butler, second year into his Heat run, where does he rank among all-time Heat players? Where does he project, assuming he finishes his career here? How long do we expect his prime to go? What type of play? layers fit next to him discuss his play style and changes since arriving in Miami I think we need more Jimmy appreciation I I love that he said that because that's that because I was talking to a friend today like Jimmy is sheer power of will it's watching someone who shouldn't be this good I yeah he it. is and it's like his jumpers not good let's just be honest it's never been good his pull-up numbers aren't good no arc no arc but fuck it's, it's like he is willing himself, and he pulls up strong. He goes to the rim hard. He's getting contact. The dude's attitude is just amazing on the bench. Like, he's always... You know, I don't know. He's always like laughing, smiling, joking, and always like in control. He's like the coolest motherfucker
1: ever. And then when the I whistle love blows, him. he's a fucking maniac. Look, <laughs> like, as soon as like like, the, the whistle, blows, it, it, the play stops and he's smiling, laughing. The whistle blows again, and he's a fucking, he's a psycho.
3: But I will say maybe it was in context of against the Lakers and watching Alex Caruso and LeBron like cry over every whistle. Like Jimmy doesn't work the <laughs> no. refs at the same way. Like he gets a lot of foul calls and maybe some people don't like his style of play because of it. But overall, I just I, I feel like he more appeals to them just based on some good nature or knowing that if he's going to talk shit, it's because he's so competitive. He's not whining all that fucking time the way caruso and lebron does
1: ramil he doesn't do that head the kick the head back thing oh Oh. yeah the the jeremy Kemble walker oh my god it's so that i hate that basketball i can't stand watching it but to to the question i think when it's all said and done jimmy butler is going to be a top five or six heat player of all time
3: Rowan Notkarni already came on my show, and he told me the same thing that he thinks he's already top five, if not anything else. I mean, I mean so it's it's hard think, to so kind you think of he's separate. He's more beloved
2: than than Bosch? You think he finishes more beloved than Chris Bosh? No. I think that's the guy. Maybe like I think I think Zoe and Dwayne are pretty untouchable. I think, I think he Zoe replaces LeBron that's not hard though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That's what, but
3: that's it. That's like, it's not, sure? I mean, I'm pretty sure. So Chalmers Chris replaced LeBron in no, most people's oh, minds. No, no. I, no, I mean, you're talking about like, like hardcore really love. Le, I mean, Mario Chalmers, but I, I don't think, I don't think the, the standard fan feels the same way about Mario that most of us do. Uh, but yeah, he's replaced LeBron. I think as far as the top five is concerned. And I mean, certainly if the he fact that it the came title.
2: To,
1: oh, it's over. And Anaki, can- not to mention, he's just heat culture personified. Like, I, I've said this oh. before and I got backlash <laughs> about it. Um, I said he is more, he is a more fitting superstar for the Miami Heat than Dwayne Wade was. Totally. Dwayne Wade was flashy and fun and exciting. Hollywood. Yeah, Jim Butler is. Grind it out, gritty. Bite your face off like he's a he's a different <laughs> oh, kind of like. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's Honestly, like it's like if 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 uh, Pat Riley could mold a shooting guard, small forward, he would mold Jimmy Butler because he already molded a center, and his name was Alonzo Mourning, and he molded a power forward, and it was Udonis Haslem. Um, and then, so if he was gonna mold a small forward, it would be Jimmy Butler. So. I do think he goes down as a as a top five Heat player if he's not there already.
3: Yeah, Curtis's question, though, about like how long can we expect his prime to go, I, I don't think we've got long, though. I mean, maybe this year, maybe the next. I mean, he, there's an argument to be made that given his, his struggles with the jumper, maybe he's already out of his <laughs> prime. And I know it's kind of hard to make that statement based on the performances that we just saw in the finals and the fact that he's so efficient and gets to the line as much as he does. He's but averaging a triple-double, you- David.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you?
3: Do I'm um, gonna seriously though? Do you, do you look at him and say that this is quote unquote? I'm Jimmy Butler.
1: Um, I think right now I think this we're is... at the end. We're at the latter half of his prime. Um, I, it's but... going to
3: be a sharp decline though, and and I think without a consistent jumper, it's going to be worse for him. It's I don't gonna think gonna he has like the same. Way. I think it's, it's going to be worse at this point. I don't think he. I don't think the he the
1: has. Ooh, does he does he rely on athleticism that much no, no but, but Dwayne had
3: a, a, a Dwayne had a savvy about how he moved off ball Oh, no, but jimmy does like, too hold on wait a second
2: jimmy jimmy is ha, as wait, good when is a he navigator. ever off
3: ball when is he off ball he's he's got the ball he's in his hands ball almost lied. all the time
2: gosh,
3: oh, gosh, man, he's, he's like the primary uh, but he's
2: for He's the a cutter off ball.
3: He's not the same. Yeah, he it's is. not the same. No, I don't think he so. I disagree. It,
2: they they run a lot of sets. Like they'll screen for Pistol with Duncan, and that's like that's a playoff set that they run. Where where and the corner Jimmy will screen, and then he'll start rolling, and he'll cut. Uh, when Bam has more kind of top of the key possessions, Jimmy is always cutting. So what they'll do is, and and they did this a lot in the Warrior game, Duncan will come screen for Bam on the right side, and then Bam will kind of go to the rim with the Duncan screen, so he has a small on him. And what Jimmy does is Jimmy's on on the weak side three-point line, and he's cutting in. So Bam now has an option as a dump-off pass, which he's really good at on the move. And he did that, if you remember to Daniel Tice in game six, right? That's something that they like. They get, they get Bam going to the rim from that right side, and they have Jimmy cutting from the left side in. So now you have Duncan behind you, and Duncan's always relocating. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think he's a really good off-ball mover. Uh, he's not Dwayne. I mean, Dwayne's like...
1: I think, like you know, part, really partly <laughs> what, what, what me and Ramil might be seeing is the fact that Jimmy has to have the ball in his hands a lot. And maybe... If they had a Kyle Lowry, which somebody brought up in the chat, or if they had a real point guard, um, we might see some more of that off-ball stuff from Jimmy. But get to another question, because I got going in five minutes.
2: So Jade asked, do you think Miami Miami waits until the deadline to make a trade, or do you think it'll happen sooner? Personally, I think they need to focus on getting a 4-5 to play next to Bam. A point guard isn't necessarily the top need. Now, Alf, this is for you, because I feel like we've gone back and forth about this.
1: I, I I think I I don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be a point guard. It's a creator, and that could come from either the one, two, or three position. They need somebody – and Kendrick is providing some of that now, but I just don't trust that that's going to be a consistent thing. I don't trust that Goran Dragic is going to stay healthy. And if those two things are things you can't rely on, this team is woefully inadequate when it comes to somebody who can create off the dribble and create for others. So, to me, their biggest need is a creator, someone who can get in the lane and, you know – not always pass out to a three instead of taking a layup because, you know, Jimmy and Bam have that part handled where they were passing a layup for threes, but somebody who can break down a defense, some of the stuff that Kendrick's been doing at the end of the shot clocks, um, that they just haven't had all year because Goron on and Kendrick's been inconsistent. So to me, I think, I don't know if that guy's going to be on the buyout market. I don't know if that guy's going to be available for a trade, so I have no idea. Like, honestly, the trade thing this year doesn't make any sense. They don't,
3: they don't, they don't make a trade. They're not going to make
1: think, it. Yeah, wow, I, what a take, David. That's scorchy. And David, I want to know if you agree with me. I think it's because everybody's in playoff contention.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's so many more teams. The standings are all so up and down. Like I was talking about in yesterday's show, like the Wizards are a couple of games out, and we're talking about the Wizards being as bad as they are, and they're still right there in the thick of things, at least for the play in tournament. So why okay, would but they like, sell Detroit, off what ad- they're
2: Detroit- Toronto? Houston, Orlando's in it. I mean, if they Minnesota. can get a couple wins here, and- Orlando's a seller, get out of here. Orlando knows what they have. It's, Orlando's it's not. The, it's
3: Detroit. Detroit is, that's no, all I don't think they're selling. They're not going to sell in Orlando. Orlando's no way, a yeah.
2: seller. They're going to break. No, the they're not, apart. they have no, too many guys not. that have value. They're not, they're not going to no, keep they, all they're
1: those they're guys. Sure, they will. They're not going I mean, you to. You think they they like they're going to keep Aaron. So I mean,
2: they have guys yeah, like Fournier. They're going to keep Aaron. Fournier, they might deal I mean, Aaron Gordon is due for a payday. I don't know how much want
3: to do that. I mean, they want it. They are they want him there. They want him there. Okay, they're, they're, we'll he's loved by the fan base. Oh, look, look. That's maybe a, that's I'll, a sell. Team. That's Crow a team that a I look at. But I don't so. see them making a move. I th- I think Miami is going to stand pat. I think they're going to try and wait for somebody to be available in the buyout market. I don't think they look at Boogie as much as everybody wants to build up that that possibility. <laughs> I
1: just don't see it happening. I think they're. So I want to combine that buyout market. I really do. Like, I think the bio market is where you're going to see some changes. And I don't think Chris Silva is going to be here for very long. Damn.
2: So I, I want to combine Jade's question with another Curtis Hero question because uh, I think it kind of fits. So on paper, Chris saying this wouldn't fit next to Bam. I know his defense has fallen off a cliff, but how much is he worse than Olinic? He, he would give us a huge scoring boost. Thoughts?
1: Why does he fit next to Bam?
2: No, he fit great next to Bam. I, I actually disagree with that. I think that his defense as a rim protector is actually exactly what they need. I think if anything, you can depend on him to help and defend the rim. I think where he struggles is when you put him kind of on ball and, and kind of in switching situations. Uh, shout out to G- JC. Uh, but I, I think his shooting is going to be, I mean, it's just a contract. I mean, Miami doesn't have the horses to get in a trade discussion for yeah. that. and. I, I I don't think that's realistic, but I mean, he would fucking
1: he'd be great here. What are you talking about? Yeah, he'd be great next. I think that's a perfect fit next to Bam. The yeah, the guys was- that I don't like, Ramil just brought up Boogie. I don't like a Boogie next to Bam. I don't like a Drummond. I don't like, like – Bam needs to be next to a guy who can and is willing to shoot threes. That was the biggest uh, – that's the biggest reason that guys like Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek thrive next to Bam because they are <laughs> willing shooters. Like, shoot. All the time, like that's why I don't get mad when I get mad when Kelly goes two for nine. But I understand why he has to go two for nine. He has to shoot the ball to create the space to make him work. What about Bielita
2: um, from Sacramento? Is that somebody that you
3: could see the fitting trade there? Trade
1: exception. He he's, he's and I, I like and that forward. idea.
2: They don't have to play Andre so much there.
1: That'd be nice. That's that's my that's my thing, Ramil. And I love the fact you brought him up because. It, get, it you get to rest iggy a little bit and it gives you a lot of the same things you get out of kelly and you just get you get you, you don't have to play kelly too much um you get you have another backup for it saves iggy for situations where you really need him like iggy just needs nights off like just straight up just dnp uh old like he needs some of those <laughs> and he can't get them because he's legit your only backup power forward
2: Yesterday was a good game for him though, Alf, because like Toronto plays really small. They play without yes. a center for most of their time, so that was actually a matchup that's not that tough on him physically.
1: No, but I mean, I mean, you know, you he's gonna, is he more... going to
2: play against Utah? I mean, is he get over there
1: no, yeah, against Derek Favors
2: sure. and Rudy
3: Gobert? Like, what's, what happens then?
1: gets ex- a as fuck. and and that's where a guy like Bealisa would help you. Just because not him, not necessarily defensively, but it just gives you it gives it, you know it it spells Iggy a little bit.
3: What a classic so, head-to-head battle that was between Bielica and Olenek, uh, oh and they, That was great. Plays Plays each other.
1: Dominance. Rotational <laughs> dominance
2: is what I call it. Uh, okay, so two more. Two more we can get out of here. So I actually really like this one, and I think I'll really enjoy this one too. Jose Lopez Varela asks, why is there such a disconnect among Heat fans when it comes to Tyler and Duncan? It seems like a large segment of the fans are quick to throw Duncan under the bus for his struggles, yet Tyler and his bad shooting flies under the radar? Is it the drip? Hell yeah! Drip
1: drop. Shout out to <laughs> it's it's the drip. It's he's a more he's just a more relatable player, I guess. He doesn't look goofy. I'm he doesn't sure. look goofy. He doesn't look goofy. He looks more the part. Um, but but he really, is, sleeve, I?
2: I think that matters. I think the shooting sleeve makes fans think that he's like if Duncan wore a shooting sleeve. I think we'd be thinking of Duncan differently.
1: Well, and and somebody pointed out that Tyler is younger, he's che- and he's going to be cheaper sooner, um, and he does more. He's not as one dimensional as Duncan is. Well, you- and I will I will say this unequivocally: Duncan is a de- better defender than Tyler Hero. Like I I I'm tired of that uh, of them of those guys being lumped together. Duncan is a better defender than Tyler, but Tyler does. Tyler's a three-level scorer, and Duncan is a one-level scorer. So I I think that's why the shooting woes, if they're both shooting poorly, Tyler can do something else, Duncan can't. And I think that's why he gets a lot of backlog.
3: Yeah, no, that's all all fair. And, and look, I mean, you, you covered games last season. You saw what Tyler does in that arena. Like, I have never seen anything. Even Dwayne didn't elicit the same kind of response. Every time Tyler had the ball in his hands, it was this holding this breath anticipation and waiting to see what he was going to do next. It was ridiculous, honest, because for a rookie, you don't expect that kind of level of uh, attention and devotion. But he earned it. And I mean, look, he, he came up big in the clutch, something that Duncan hasn't done. So I, I think that's another part of it, too. He kind of gravitate more more towards an exciting player that hits big shots and just seems to have the balls and willingness to take those shots. It's not, it's not Duncan going through rescreens and trying to get that dribble hand up again. You know, it's not the same it's, level it's, of offense. It's, it's, it's I'll give, give me the fucking ball. Yeah. Beat, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll take the ball. I'll and the make something sleep. happen. I will get it done. Yeah. And the shooting slip.
1: Uh, Ramil, I used to, I used to comment that his mid range jumpers, would elicit ooze from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that before. Yeah, fifteen footers. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because <laughs> it always looks pretty though. That's one thing about him. His well, the step he... back dribble, the
3: behind the back. I mean, he's got he's got a hell of a good handle. I think that's underrated in this game.
1: He's smooth as shit. The little scoop shots, like he's doing yeah. them jelly layups. I used to yell at my kids for when they were when I was coaching <laughs> middle <laughs> basketball. Like jelly, shut the fuck up and just it, go off the backboard, you asshole. Like, he, <laughs> I mean, he does that shit in the middle of a game and his beautiful. Okay, Nate like, Duncan. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm am a rugged traditionalist.
2: Black Nate Duncan over here. Uh okay, last one nerd by Caesar V. Uh, yeah, nerd. Uh forget about Depot. How about the Heat go after Wall? Guessing they'll take expiring score and it's probably done. Last year was a fluke. Wow. And Hero is no point guard. Wall can help you be competitive with Bam and Jimmy and allow you for some death. So I want to take this one first. Please. Um, Please. Yeah. I mean, Wall's a dude that can't shoot. And especially he's an on-ball player, which means that he, you know, Jimmy, Bam, and Wall together are non-shooters. And then that makes you for sure you can't play Andre (laughs) anywhere them so that's part that's part one of why i don't like that part two i mean that's a lot of money for a long time that you that's know, it
3: that's I, the I only reason like even if he have even if he's a great fit here i like you don't take on that contract we had this discussion I mean, if steph curry had that contract platform.
2: you make it work but this is not okay this is you know that's John fair. Wall, yeah, man. but
3: it's yeah, yeah, it's Blake Griffin, it's Russell Westbrook a couple seasons ago. They wouldn't ago. trade for James Harden.
2: They're not yeah. going to like it's like the, they the perfect guy was already there and he's not here. So I'm not in on that. I think John is really good. I think he's having a good season in Houston. I think defensively he's fucking awesome. Um, you know, shaky three point shot, you know, it'd be I, I fun to
3: watch maybe, but not at not at get you what, out of $40 scenes. million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, I don't.
2: And the dude don't. has it like whatever Jimmy has, John has it. And like you've we've seen the playoff battles that he's had Celtics, Raptors, like the dude is a baller. He's fucking awesome. And, you know, I, I Zach Lowe said this on his podcast a while ago when they were talking about Beal and, and, and John and the Wizards, kind of that era. That was never an easy team, and that was never an easy playoff out. And they fucking played hard, and they made you earn it. And those two guys together were terrifying. And John is still a good player. He's looked good since coming back. I'm really happy for him. I just don't think this is the fit for him. And I he's think not a that supermax. He's not a supermax. And I think that the the lack of a of a of a spot up shot compounds their offensive issues. I think he's good, but it's just it's not for this team. I don't know if you guys have anything to add, but I'm,
3: i I do out. not. I don't. I, I just feel also, if I can add to that, like the conversation about Blake Griffin, like, I mean, people are, are advocating for trading for Blake Griffin. And it's like. Yeah, no, you- that's ridiculous. Oh, no, if no. it's a
2: buyout, if it's buyout, it's a buy different out
3: conversation.
1: Only. <laughs> yeah, buyout buy only. I, I, I know it's like, it's not hard. Oh, I would say, oh, shit, Vermil's coming from my neck.
3: No, no, I don't mean to shout anybody out here because it's just like I, go to Basketball Reference, go check out their contracts. Just reveal, it doesn't take much to figure it out, but you don't want to pay Blake Griffin in this current iteration forty million dollars a year. It's just
1: sorry, it's not going to happen. It's it's, it's, it's buyout it's it's buy or nothing with Blake. By, I mean, I don't, I don't. Maybe, maybe can maybe they get George fun. Hill? That's the one I want to say. I like George Hill.
3: He's got another year left, but it's so it's partially guaranteed to June 30th. 30th. So like he doesn't it's a, if you waive him before June 30th of next season or this season, off season, then you only have to pay him 1.2 million million for next year. So he's not it's basically a one half season rental if you can acquire Hill.
2: That sounds great. I
1: like it. <laughs> what are you talking? I uh, love I that mean- idea.
2: And it's talked about a lot. I mean, Miami can flip pick protections and they've done deals with Oklahoma City in the past. Uh yeah. they you know that that there's a there is a synergy between the front offices, you know. So that that that's that's a that's I mean George Hill and Mike Muscala. You know, not sexy, but could absolutely help them. Oh god, come it. on. You want Muscala in this roster? I don't really want Muscala, but like, you know, if, if you're kind of rummaging around what they have, I mean that's what's gonna be available to them. So
1: All right, last you know. question. I
2: gotta go. No, that's it. We're done. That we are, we you are one done. More. No, I, I I read the the depot one, right? And I read the 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 drip one. Yeah, that was it. We're done. Look at that. Good Sounds job. Good, good job, me. us. Got through our questions. Shout out by the way, cut on our Patreon. We're gonna be doing this once or twice a month, depending on how many questions we get. You saw we didn't get that many this month, but you know, we're gonna keep doing them and we love you guys. And uh we'll remind you on Twitter at MIHPeat uh patreon.com slash Miami A lot of promotion today for us. A lot of a lot of asking you for stuff. Uh, but we love y'all, we love the support. This is legitimate. A lot of panhandling. A lot of panhandling. Speaking of to
1: panhandling, check out hangover time tomorrow night. All proceeds go to healthy mothers, healthy babies of Palm Beach County. Uh basket for baskets for babies. We will have the great dose of menudos on. Uh, we really anything. Of the you guys, deuces podcast network. Like Of the Deuces on. Podcast Network that has never actually released a podcast.
2: What but, are you talking check- about?